What is up, guys? Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. My name's Johnny Summers, and Max is on tour, as you may know, supporting his new album. If you haven't heard that, go check it out, because it's rather enjoyable. I am also very busy this month with a lot of things happening in my own life, so we've decided that this week, instead of recording a new episode, we will be dropping some super exclusive stuff on you, the general public, things you've never heard if you're not a member of our Patreon family. You're going to be hearing three segments. You're going to have two of what we call the bonus 10 spot, where me and Max riff on one of our favorite movies could be a new movie could be an old movie the ones you're going to hear are actually some classic movies from the late 90s two of our personal favorites you're going to hear two of those segments and you're going to hear one segment that we like to call six fantastic facts with johnny and max that's where we sit down after we've maybe done a new episode for a brand new movie And then we discuss some of the trivia around the movie, things that happen behind the scenes, connections that the actors might have with other films. Just kind of get into the the nitty-gritty of a film and have some really fun, sometimes serious, but a lot of times very entertaining facts about the movies and the people in them. So you're going to be getting three bonus segments. Again, you would normally only get this if you're on Patreon, guys. So general public, if you're not on Patreon, you are getting a treat. Uh, And if you are on Patreon and this is part of your bonus content, don't trip. This is a one-time thing. You guys are still going to be getting exclusive access to all of this bonus content. We just want to give uh, give the general public a little sneak peek on what they're missing. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and roll those for you now. Enjoy, and we will be back next week with a brand new episode. All of the updates uh, from me, from Max, we're going to talk about his tour. It's going to get crazy. So enjoy these bonus episodes. Please consider joining Patreon so you can get these little nuggets of ear pleasure every single week, just like the rest of our Patreon family. Thank you to all of our Patreon family that continue to support us. Uh, You all help make this show happen every single week. Uh, And if you're not on Patreon, thanks for listening. Check us out on Patreon. I'm going to stop saying Patreon because I've said Patreon like 37 million times right now. And I'm sure you're sick of hearing me. So anyways, here's the cool stuff. Ready, go. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, welcome to another episode of uh, Bonus 10 Spot. We are covering a film today called The Boondock Saints. And before we get too far in, my co-host and friend Johnny Summers is going to sum up the plot in 30 seconds or less, starting now. Yes. So we've got fraternal twins, right? That's when they're not identical. God damn it. Terrible detail to get stuck on. Two brothers get tied up in all kinds of mayhem and mafia violence. FBI starts tracking them, and then they went on and became mayhem in vigilante justice. Uh, drunk Irish people, dead cats, lots of Catholic references, tons of guns, uh, Willem Dafoe and Dragon, all kinds of other sexiness. Time. Okay, that might have been the worst 30 seconds in office you've ever awful. done. I realized, your whole like, life. Well, we hit record and you're like, go. Yeah, yeah. That's, I tried to catch you off guard. Yeah. I, I like try- the old days. I was trying I'm to like, IMDb it frantically. Yeah, I like the old days and I wouldn't even, you wouldn't even know what movie it was. It's like, all right, it's this one, go. Yeah. Uh, you are correct, though. This is the 1999 film. 
um, starring an early, what's the dude's name from The Walking Dead? What's his character's name? Uh, Daryl Dixon. Dawkins. Not close. <laughs> Not Daryl Dawkins. That sounds like a Yeah, what's that like dude's name? Science professor. It's Daryl Dixon. No, what's his real name? His real name is Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus, thank uh, you. But I'm trying to get the whole IMDb up here. Yeah. Anyways, Boondock Saints is a film that I saw when I was in high school, and I thought it was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, turns out critics and viewers alike did not think that, but before we get to those stats, <laughs> we're going to say some other stuff. Yeah. Literally no one else in America at the time it was in theaters no. thought it was a good movie. So this was written and directed by a fellow named Troy Duffy. It stars Willem Dafoe, Sean Patrick, Sean Patrick Flannery and Norman Reedus. Um, I want to know who plays, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh. Rocco, David Della Rocco. Or Rocco, it might be the same. David Dilla Rocco plays Rocco. Um, and then Il Duce is played by Billy Connolly. Yep. Who we will get to. Yeah. But as Johnny said, it's these two brothers who um, get into a bar fight, basically, and accidentally kill these two Russian mobsters. Yep. And they don't know they're mobsters. They think they're just these guys who are like strong army in their they're bar. They're just assholes. And then they try, to, they try to execute the two brothers, and they're like, not having this. We kill you instead. And they're like, man, maybe we could do this for a living. We should just kill bad guys, basically. Yep. Willem Dafoe is this very flamboyant, uh, very uh, uh, homophobic, homosexual in a way. (laughs) He's always like super degrading to men that he's with, but uh, it's like funny, I guess, because it's the time. I don't know, whatever. But like very operatic and a great detective solving lots of crimes. Always has uh, symphony music playing in his headphones. This movie's iconic because of, well, in my brain, the way that they de- construct the crime scenes basically yeah like you'll see the two boys about to go in to do their crimes or their justice and then it'll cut away and it'll go to like the crime scene the editing was great pretty good yeah the cut scenes and like yeah it was interesting this is how it should all go down in our heads and it's like you're seeing what actually happened but it's through this like idealistic replay in their minds it's hilarious yep um so the movie basically unfolds that away it's 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 not more than a shoot 'em up at this point like once you've understood the cool editing oh, it's just yeah. like let's kill russian mafia people yeah and it's infinitely quotable there's so just many that prayer yeah, yeah and just so many great moments and then when they he acts but they accidentally shoot the cat after they get all hammered yes we should talk about that because that's when rocco gets on board who's rocco rocco's like their fuck up friend that's trying to be part of like the mafia He's trying to be like a made man, so he's kind of on the inside anyway, and he's always kind of just trying to impress everyone. He's like the yeah. hangaround right. that really just wants to get on the other side. Right. Um, so the thing, like when they kill people, they have a family prayer that's been passed down, and they make that very clear. Like They don't tell Rocco the prayer. He's like, you guys got to teach me that prayer. It's so badass. Like It's a family prayer, not your business. And we are going to read it to you now at the same time in the style of the brothers, and we've never read this before. We're going to give it a shot starting. Are we doing this with accents? Can you do a good Irish accent? Uh, maybe. You really gotta. You gotta get the R's. Well, I can do. I can, I'll try your Irish accent. Sure. Oh, yeah. God sure. Jesus. Uh, you wanna try it? Okay. Okay. Here we go. And At shepherds, shepherds we, we shall be, be for thee. We, there's a meter. To oh, I don't it. know the meter. Yeah. All right. I'll follow you. All right. And, and shepherds, shepherds we shall be for thee, my lord, for thee. Power hath descended forth from thy hand. Our feet may swiftly carry out thy commands. So we shall flow a river forth to thee, and teeming with souls shall it ever be. In nomine Patri, et Filii, et Spiritus Santi. 
you're dead. Boom. Fuck you. That was pretty I cool. I got to bleep that one. Remind me because this might go public. Whatever. Um, so that's what they do. And then did, they shoot people. Did we just make some podcast movie magic? That was pretty good. Look how much louder you were than me in that whole section. Was, yeah. You're like yelling into it. I was getting into it. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden we were both pointing finger I know, guns. We were just like, bah, 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 bah. Well, it helps you get the, the meter. The meter. Yeah. 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 I was I, maistroing you with I was, my finger gun. Once I was thinking of it like a poem, I was like, oh, that makes, that makes mm-hmm. sense. You can catch the rhymes. Yeah. They definitely did have that. Had that nice meter to it in the in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So many cool scenes and just the like Willem Dafoe screaming. There was a firefight. Like, yeah, just some classic classic yeah. scenes in this movie. One of like the most badass like vigilante movies that I think I've ever seen. I saw this when I was way too young and it was awesome. Right. Um. So yeah. So basically, the plot progresses as such. They kill the Russian mafia dudes. <laughs> They kill more Russian mafia dudes. It goes deep. To the point that this Russian muff... You go. Hmm? This Russian muff? <laughs> I said Russian muff. This Russian mafia guy, the boss, is like, I've had enough of this. We need to put an end to these guys. So here's what we're going to do. We have to call in the- Wait, no. They capture them first. They capture the two of them and Rocco after Rocco's joined. And then they're like torturing them, basically. Right. Oh yeah. And then they take the two brothers out of the room and they all leave. Oh no, the brothers are in the room. Sorry. Then they all leave. And then the the main dude's like, "You sure about this Rocco guy? He's not a big deal. He's like not." And they're like, "No, he's an idiot. You can kill him if you want." They kill Rocco. Then the brothers escape. Then the Russian mafia guy's like, "I've had enough of this. We need to bring in Il Duce." Also, they never killed Rocco. Yes, they did. I don't think they did. No, they killed Rocco. Why do you think that? I don't they think definitely Rocco, killed Rocco. I don't think Rocco died in this Rocco movie. gets his ass shot in the chest. Oh, shit. Yeah, he dies. Damn. I watched like two days ago, I think. All right. But I'm still not sure. I'm pretty sure he dies. Damn. Yeah, he dies. They kill him. All yeah, right. they kill him. Then they break out. Then they then the Russian's like, I need Il Duce. Who's Wait. Il Duce? Who's Il Duce? Il Duce is this mystical figure of hitmen for the Russian mafia who's been locked up in this crazy prison for years and years and years and they have to call in all these favors and it shows him getting uh, like walked out of the prison with like 90 guards with like 90 guards and he's just like this old dude with a big white beard and he's just like right yeah he's like and yeah right continue yeah so he shows up uh, after the boys had just done this murder right and he shows up, and they're, like, leaving this house after murder. Like, yeah, we did it. We're cool. We did it. High five And at this point, Rocco's alive. Rock. Oh, true. Yeah, because he's got yeah, his finger shot off. You're right. You're right. He's still alive. Yeah. Huh. I think they just said you could shoot him. I don't know if they yeah, actually maybe. shot him. No, no, no. They de- it happens later then. All right. We'll watch the scene after this, but he yeah. definitely dies at some point. Or he definitely gets shot in the chest. Yeah. Wasn't it, like, a fucking paint chest thing where it was like a fake I don't know he gets anyways brothers lose it El Duce shows up Mm -hmm. and he's like way more badass than these guys also at this point nobody can aim yeah that's probably worth noting this is the worst firefight in history it was three to one completely populated by stormtroopers um with cross eyes it was just awful um hilarious though like he's just strapped to the tits with guns he's got like eight guns yeah um, in the interest of wrapping this up quickly, because I know our buzzer's going to hit you. Oh, soon. God. Um, Willem Dafoe's like, this was six guys against CC. They're overwhelmed. And then the one idiot cop who's been getting shit on the whole movie is like, I got to bleep again. He's like, what if it's just one guy with six guns? Psh, go get me another coffee. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah. Quickly. Ends up. Yes. El Duce is their father. They team up. And then Boondock Saints 2 happens. 
The end. But before that, we need to talk about how much people hated this movie. Yeah, this movie made $30,000 in theaters. So there was a $6 million budget. And over the course of its lifetime, not opening weekend, not the first day, it made $30,000 in theater. I feel like it could have done that on accident. That's crazy. Yeah, like somebody could have walked to me like, I thought I was here for, what was the movie you said I went up against? Oh, no, not this movie. It wasn't this one? Nope. Okay, well- Anyways, Boondock Saints 2 came out a while later, and they had an $8 million budget, and they only made half a million. Like, nobody likes these movies, apparently, except they're cult classics now. Maybe that's how cult classics work. Maybe. I don't know. I love them. In any case, I do too. I feel like Boondock Saints has made more than $30,000 just being replayed in theaters. Yeah, or like streaming and DVD sales now. Yeah. Like, I like Boondock Saints. And you can buy the shirts, like the gears everywhere. It's a yeah. cult classic. People are super into it. Yeah. So take your thirty grand and shove it. I agree. Hope to see you guys later. Uh, this has been another bonus 10 spot. In nomine patri et fili, spirit di santi. Goodbye. Amen. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. That was a fun sound. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey again, welcome to another bonus 10 spot from Fresh Hop Cinema. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers, and we're here to talk about one of our all-time favorite movies in the whole universe. Yes, the 1999 film The Matrix, starring Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne, uh, written by the Wachowski brothers, and we have a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into it, I think. Yep. Let's Uh, start with everyone's favorite game, 30-second synopsis. Here we go. Young Mm. Maxwell, ready, go. Neo, Mr. Anderson is a guy played by Keanu Reeves, who then becomes Neo. He's everybody's favorite bullet dodging, uh, system hacking fellow that wakes up from this fake world into the real world. Apparently, there's all these agents, and we're humans, and we're just part of the system while they use us for like juice to make their machine work. We just think that we're living this life that we're not. And Neo has to awaken and defeat these machines. There's like squids that get put down with electricity, and Trinity is a love interest, and Cypher sucks. Done. Yep. All right. So I don't know. That wasn't terrible. Wasn't terrible. That's a good general idea of the movie. Yeah. This movie was so much fun. I remember when it came out, uh, it was completely groundbreaking Mm -hmm. and I got so much shit because everyone was wearing like the black trench coats Mm -hmm. and it was like Columbine area. Oh, it was Columbine era. Oh, that's true. It came out the same year. Right. Just to clarify, we said 1999. It was released on, released? Here we go. March 31st, 99. All right. Uh, Should we get some facts about that? Yeah, let's drop some knowledge about this movie. Okay, well, if you didn't know, it was released by Warner Brothers. Uh, It made $171.5 million off of a production budget, which was $63 million. Very good. Oh, and I guess you got to take out the marketing budget too, which is about thirty. Still massively profitable. It runs just over two hours rated R for a lot of violence. Ton of violence. Um, But granted, if you take away the consequentiality of it, like nobody's even real there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. But you still see the violence. Um, It did win four Academy Awards after being nominated for four categories. Yeah. Those categories included editing, visual effects, sound, and sound editing. Uh, It was mostly up against The Phantom Menace. And Stuart Little. Stuart Little for visual effects. <laughs> so, I, But like I was just saying, like back in the day, you didn't have a lot of CGI animals. Definitely. So Stuart Little was pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. It was a little groundbreaking. Little. Little, little Stuart. <laughs> um, 
Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, this movie really set the standard for action and sci-fi movies probably for the next 20, 25 years, for I would say. sure. I that mean, hasn't happened yet, but we're getting there, right? 99 to now. It's still happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching this movie as a kid. My dad loved this movie, and my dad is a psychologist and very into philosophy, but I didn't get the philosophy part of this movie then. Okay. I was like, this is cool action. They're like leaning backwards and dodging bullets. Yeah. Um, so what's cool is that as I got older, I appreciated it for a different reason. Yeah. That's um, interesting. You gained a bit more perspective on it. Yeah. So I just used to watch it. I fast, there's like that lobby scene. Do you remember yes. when, he, when he goes through the metal detectors and he just like whips out all of his guns? Mm-hmm. Like, Do you have any metal? Yeah. Oh my God. And shoots them all up. Yeah. I loved that. He's scene. running that up the wall. Really cool. like chasing the agents to the top and the helicopter yeah. and Morpheus is captured. Um, I think my favorite yeah. part of this movie is once Neo gets like, pulled into like out of the matrix mm-hmm. and realizes that everything in his life was fake. Mm-hmm. And then they plug him back in and start teaching him stuff. Oh yeah. That the training montage, yeah, training, training montages montage. is the best. I know Kung Fu. Right. Yeah. A classically quoted line that out of context is a little bit silly. Also it's said by Keanu Reeves. Unless you know Kung Fu. Right. So it's a little bit like Keanu Reeves is one of those actors. I feel like he gets a lot. Well, I don't like him in every. I almost like him in nothing. Yeah. But in The Matrix, I think he's great. Matrix, John Wick. John Wick, he's great because he just has to do like those really almost like one off lines where he's really serious all the time. Yeah. Um, but like, did you see there's a movie he did um, it, where he played Gandhi? Yeah. Or, what? Yeah, he played Gandhi, a young Gandhi. Really? Um, and it was. Are so, you kidding me? No. Um, I'll think of what it's called in a minute here. But That's he, awful. He basically was just like this young Gandhi and he never left the palace. It basically tells the story of Gandhi, but then he has these terrible lines where he leaves the palace and he sees all this suffering in the world. And, um, he's just like, it just like the camera goes to him and he's like, what is suffering? What is poor people? It's so offensive. Oh my God. <laughs> terrible. Uh, and you need to watch it. That is crazy. Yeah. Is this, did you imagine this movie? No, I watched it in, uh, in high school. Wow. Yeah. I will be looking into that, but yeah, he was awesome in point break. That was another. Yeah, I forgot about Point Break. Point, I love Why Point couldn't break. I say it either? Point Break. Point Break. Point, point Break. Point yeah. Break. Yeah. Yeah, he also never ages. He looks exactly the same as he did. Totally. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, quick correction. It's not Gandhi. It's called Little Buddha. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, which, that's not offensive at all. Like, you know, and that's how he looks. <laughs> you guys can't see this. Maybe we'll post something on Twitter. Was, but, wait, was that Chris Isaac in there too? Uh, I don't see him, but he's in the movie. Yeah. That's just, I was looking at the title mm, there yeah that's amazing it's it's a nightmare i yeah it's, it's it a, looks like a nightmare i just remember it being such a bad movie yeah um and I'll, i wish i could find a screenshot of his face but i can't i loved the the wardrobe <clears throat> in the matrix oh yeah it's like the really like pleathery shiny yeah. trench coat kind of stuff and so, like tactical goth that's how i always described it oh that's fitting yeah, yeah. uh yeah i remember the combat boots being like those are cool yeah i want some of those i bought they a pair look- of combat boots right after this there you go yeah and, and so- a gun there you go. Yeah, just a, full, a trench coat full of guns, too. No. Um, so apparently there's this blog on the internet called Matrix Eyewear. Really? And the, the owner of this blog is just a Matrix Eyewear. He just loves the glasses that everybody wears. Okay. Um, but he did write this article uh, back in 2012 titled Three Reasons Why the Matrix is a Classic Film. And he goes on to describe all these different reasons. You might guess a lot of the visual effects, some of the sound design. And the glasses. And the glasses, obviously. Um so he writes, it's a really, it's like a five paragraph thing, something you, maybe he's a young dude. Maybe there's like a high school assignment. He is 45, uh, currently living in a right. basement. Yeah. Um, you guys should read it. Maybe, I'm going to post a link to this too, because it was kind of, kind of interesting. I'd never really done any digging on the, on the matrix. So yeah. I thought it was kind of, it's because cool. you're in it, man. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. We'll tweet that out. Yeah. This movie set the bar so high and, you know, really set a precedent for dope action movies after this. I question, mean, you, question to you. Yeah. 
I don't remember which pill does which, but the red blue, the, here we go. What's my deal today? Red pill, blue pill. One takes you out of the matrix and you are awake to your surroundings. One, you forget everything and you stay in the system. Yeah. What would you do? Oh, you asking me that I'm question? I'm asking you that question. I want to be woke, bro. Really? Yeah. I don't know, man. I might, you know, I think I would want to do that you'd as be, well. You'd be the Joe Pantaleone character. I don't get that reference. He's the one that just that wanted to get unplugged. Is that Cypher? No, I feel like yeah. that's Cypher, and he's right? the one that, um, did I say his yep. name right? Joe, Joe Pantaleono. 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 I said E. Yeah. But yeah, he's the one that was eating the steak. That damn you know? traitor. Yeah. He, I he, hate that guy. He was a turncoat. Oh, he gets what's coming though. Yeah, he dies in the movie. That's he dies right. out of the Matrix. He dies oh, in the real world. That's right. But yeah. if you die in the Matrix, you die outside of it Only too. if you believe... That's the whole thing in this is like you have to sort of you like that's whole, that's Neo's whole thing like he can, he's the one right because yeah. he is the one that can break the system. Mm -hmm. He can be killed in the matrix but he's so powerful but that he, he can just be like, mm -mm, it's a program none of this is real. Yeah, nah. There is no fucking spoon. There's no bullets. Yeah. Nah. And that's a great scene too where he's like yep. and he like grabs the bullet out of the air and he's like drops it and then the other, there's the best agent Oof. fight scene. Think about how many so times good. that scene has been emulated. Think mm -hmm. about Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, when like all of the the grenades stop. Yep, that's like identical. I mean, so many little visual effects tricks have been snagged from this movie and applied like butter on toast mm -hmm. to every other movie since. Yeah. Yes. Um. There's a there's a there's a name for that, and it's called bullet time. Yeah. Um. They're not the Matrix is is widely known. Like when you think of things where. Like you either see a superhero ramp up, like in um, X Men Quicksilver. Yeah, he's like running around the bullets are going slowly. That's what they have dubbed Bullet Time, um, and Matrix is like the first film to really popularize that, which and I thought was pretty neat. Think about movies like Wanted. Mm -hmm. um, totally. You know, lots of action hero movies. Yeah, um, where like you basically travel the same speed as the bullet, and yeah. you just kind of see everything else slow down. I know Kingsman yeah. used it a lot too. Yep. In those live action fights, when everything would get real slow, it's yep. so cool, and it's such a great visual trick. Yeah, I think what was interesting is. Um, well, at least back in the day, I'm sure this was more expensive in the in the 90s to do this, but they would have essentially like one scene that it would ramp into slow-mo. Mm -hmm. That would last for a little while and it would ramp out. But in like modern modern er movies, you have Kingsman where it's like, shoom, slow down, speed up, slow down, mm -hmm. and like change angles. It's and, really fun. Yeah. It can it can be overwhelming. Uh, that sound means that we're in our last minute here. Yep. Um, bottom line is if you haven't seen The Matrix, you should. There's it's part of a trilogy. The second and third movies are nowhere near as good as the first, in my opinion. Yeah, the first is dope. It's a classic. It defined a generation of movies, and its effect can still be felt in cinema today. Yeah, like not only were were the visual effects and the and the the film itself great, but the concepts behind it were groundbreaking. They're and very they, meta. Uh, yeah, in the second and third ones, um, it's just basically like, well, let's do more special effects and yeah. have Neo be this crazy person that fights three hundred agents. And then he became like, Jesus. I don't really know. I don't think yeah, I finished the third it one. It got really weird and religious at the end, and yeah. it was very odd. Very strange. Yeah, but I really did enjoy The Matrix. I will give this movie a 10 out of 10. This is a great film forever. We don't really rate films on our 10 spots, but I really like this movie. Every 10 spot movie is a 10. Yeah. The way we did something that wasn't. Uh, maybe not. I don't remember. Like Mr. and Mrs. Smith isn't really a 10. No. It's fine. Brad Pitt's a 10. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, something about every movie in the 10 spots a 10. It's a good argument. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. We got to go. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Why don't we begin? Report to set. Everyone, 
Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey again. What's up? Johnny's adjusting his microphone. Welcome to another episode of Six Fantastic Facts with, with Johnny, Johnny and Max. Max. Uh, this week we are breaking down a film that we've done recently called The Shape of Water. And in case you're wondering, we're going to drop some shapes of facts. Yes, we're going to give you six facts that you may or may not have known about this film. Our guess is that you don't know these facts, so we're going to shed some light on them. And if you do, just stop listening. Yeah, or pretend that you don't know them and enjoy it with us. Just go away. Johnny's first fact. Hit it. My first fact is a really interesting one about Guillermo del Toro and the lengths at which he goes to create backstory for his characters. Cool. Uh, Guillermo del Toro wrote lengthy backstories uh, for each of his characters in this movie. Apparently, some of them went over 40 pages long. That's Uh, insane. Yeah, 40 pages of backstory before you even get to the script. Um, After casting the roles, uh, he actually offered them to the actors and said they could choose to utilize you know, or not the backstories uh, and all of the actors kind of responded differently. Uh, Richard Jenkins saying he ignored the backstory stating the only thing that matters is what happens on the screen. Um, while Michael Stolbarg said he read the backstory voraciously and he found that it helped his performance. Interesting. Yeah. Right. You could be like the prima donna actor and be like, right. Screw right. your backstory. Who are you? Guillermo del Toro. Get out of my face. Right. That's such a cocky, like, <sighs> It's such arrogance. Like, yeah. I'm going to write so much. I, maybe it's not arrogance. Maybe it's artistic view. He's like, yeah, I know exactly where this movie's going. But as arrogance goes, apparently, speaking of Richard Jenkins, he reached out to him via email. And he, he like, to, in order to cast him, he was like, he sent him the script. He's like, I hope, I hope you love this as much as I do. He was like, perfect. And apparently that was enough for Jenkins to be like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll be this character. But I'm not going to do any of the backstory you gave me. Hmm. Yeah. Which I guess. I'm just going to do this character. That's right. interesting. Is, right. it, is it my turn now? It is. So fact number three. Uh, the last name of the main character, uh, who was Elisa Eliza yeah. Esposito, yep. uh, is actually of Italian origin. And that last name is, in fact, given to children who were abandoned. Esposito? Esposito. Sounds like, sounds like Esposito, obviously. The what? Despacito, the song? What song? Despacito. You got to know that song. Man. You don't know that song? No. It was like the big, you're lying to me. I have no, I know it's like that. the biggest song of 2017. I just heard some people talking about it because I guess there was like a really hot chick that danced in it or something. It was like Miss Universe or whatever. But no, that's crazy. Yeah, I've never heard that song in my life. Really? I mean, I might hear it and be like, oh, I've totally heard that, but uh, I don't recall. So you're going to have to enlighten me after you drop two more facts. But for now, we're on number four. Deal. Uh, so apparently back to the casting process of this movie, most of the characters were written with actors in mind. Specifically, Octavia Spencer said her character was reminiscent of a collaboration between her roles in The Help, obviously, yep. uh, and Hidden Figures, and that she, quote, would have played the desk if Guillermo del Toro had asked her to. You know, that's fair. Yeah, like, I, w- I would too. Getting the opportunity to work with someone like right. Guillermo del Toro. Absolutely. For sure. So fantastic fact number five, Doug Jones who is a famous character actor when it comes to Guillermo del Toro's movies. Mm-hmm. He's been in like all of them except Devil's Backbone, I believe. Nice, yep. Uh, Doug Jones, he spent three hours every day getting into his amphibian man costume. But according to him, it was nothing compared to previous costumes that he had been worn in other films by del Toro. Namely, the fawn Dude. from Pan's Labyrinth. Yep. Also, he was Abe Sapien in all of the Hellboy movies. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
you know, the list goes on from there, but seriously, just fully body immersive costumes. Great, great actor. And he was also Abe Sapien's voice. That was actually oh, cool. his voice. So. Yeah. That's not to, uh, not to overstate, uh, granted that takes a lot of time, obviously, but it's not like they were, the costume design was like, here's, here's an idea. Just do this every day. It actually took them over nine months to design that costume. That's crazy. Yeah. They've said that it, it, it was one of the hardest movies of Del Toro's to ever fully design. Wow. And when you look back at movies like Pan's Labyrinth. Right. You have like, like I always thought the fawn was like CGI or, or puppets or something. It was like a dude. It was this Doug Jones dude yeah. in a costume. So I love his use of practical effects. Yeah. it's so, And it makes a big difference. What if someday they signed him up to be like an effects coordinator on like Star Wars? Yeah. Why not? That would such, that would be such a hearkening back to like the seventies origins yeah, of that. That'd yeah, be so I feel like cool. he, like in movies so so often now you take uh, what's the last big but like um, Star Wars, yeah, or like King Kong even yeah, like in the OG King Kongs there was like just a it was a dude in a suit right, and then they used camera angles to make difference, but now it's like just CGI everything and there's a big difference you can tell you can tell I don't that's why yeah. this this character. During the actual episode, you were saying he blended so well into the environment. Right. It's because he was actually there. Yeah, he was doing it. It's like any more brain busters. If something's actually in the shot, it'll look like it's in the shot. Right, exactly. God bless him for his God practical bless effects. Him. Well, that's six, guys. That is six. And I want to say now, um, as somebody who's been on tour for several weeks now, uh, we are releasing this episode as part of a larger episode um, as a way to show our average not average, our above average, still amazing listeners who are not on Patreon, what a Patreon thing is like. We do this on Patreon every week. We release fantastic facts about movies and we do little mini episodes like you heard earlier, 10 minute breakdowns of movies. So this is what you're in for. So just one more time, we'd appreciate it if you would consider joining us on Patreon. It's the best. You can join for as little as a dollar a month. It takes like two minutes to sign up. Uh, It's the cost of like a cup of coffee a month. And it really makes us, uh, it makes our lives easier Four bucks a month, that's a cheap cup of coffee. Right. Keeps the show going. You got to come to fun events for us and with us. And it's nice. Um, But in the meantime, if there's nothing else you want to add about the shape of water, my friend, shall we wrap this? This has been Six Six Fantastic Fantastic Facts Facts with with Johnny Johnny and and Max. Max. We'll see you later. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.